Coming up on the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. Um, the second population are people who have various illnesses, who are struggling, who have often done everything they could with the conventional medical route, and they they haven't had adequate relief. So these are people who have all kinds of, let's say, autoimmune diseases, lupus, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and, you know, psoriasis, Hashimoto's, um, you know, people who have different organ diseases um, and like autism or neurological conditions like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Mm-hmm. So really just pretty much the whole gamut of medical illnesses. Hello, and welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I'm Brian Grin, and I'm here to give you actionable tips to get your body back to what it once was 5, 10, even 15 years ago. Each week, I'll give you an in-depth interview with a health expert from around the world to cut through the fluff and get you long-term sustainable results. This week, I interviewed anti-aging and stem cell specialist, Dr. Joy Kong. Dr. Kong is a UCLA-trained, triple-board-certified physician and is the founder of Uplift Longevity Center in Chatsworth, California. She also is the founder and CEO of Chara Biologics, a company dedicated to providing cutting-edge regenerative medicine products in the U.S. and global markets. We discuss Dr. Kong's journey into anti-aging medicine, what is stem cell therapy, who is it for, what are the benefits and costs of the treatment, and her personal experience around using stem cells for the last seven years. This was a great interview with Dr. Kong. I really enjoyed meeting her, and I know you will too. Thanks so much for listening, and enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. My name is Brian Grin, and I have Dr. Joy Kong on. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Brian. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is my first anti-aging and stem cell specialist I have on. Wow. How do you feel? It's about time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited because I feel like this keeps coming up. I keep hearing it just through the people that I know out in Chicago. I mean, you're in you're in LA, and like you mentioned, you've been out there for 23 years. Um, before we get into all that, I I know you wrote a memoir a while back, and and I, I was listening to you and Brad Kearns talk a little bit about that. Um, perhaps maybe just give us a little background of your story coming to the United States and sort of what sort of drew you to getting into you know this this line of work. Yeah, so I actually um, had two years of architecture study in Beijing. And, um, you know, just I, I, my mind works in a way where I like to synthesize information. So I like to draw from different disciplines. And, um, and that's what drew me to medicine. So I, I think medicine, it's a, a discipline that combines, right? You, you, you are combining sociology, psychology, science, technology. Um, so it, it, it's many things in one. Um, and um, when I went to medical school, um, you know, I was, you know, basically faced with the possibility of doing, you know, specializing in anything, but the brain was of special interest to me. So that's when I specialized in psychiatry. So I did practice psychiatry after residency for seven years. Um, and at the same time, I've always been really interested in personal health, um, just, you know, been staying well. Also, I need to know what to counsel my patients. So in that process, that's how I encountered anti-aging medicine. 
not even realizing that's a discipline. And it's really, you know, it's still controversial. People don't like, you know, being anti-aging. You know, I, I, I see nothing wrong with anti-aging. So to me, it's anti-decline. So that that's how I interpret it. So age is fine. But the problem is that the age always comes with decline. So you don't want the decline. And this whole discipline is designed to optimize a person so you you're declining as slowly as possible hopefully imperceptibly so you're <laughs> always youthful until the candle runs the end and then you know poof so that's kind of the the, the goal of anti-aging for myself and for my patients um and um during that process uh that's when i encountered uh doctors who are doing stem cell treatments and that was very fascinating not only in concept but in results that people are getting. So that's what kind of uh, got me very excited. And, um, you know, the last six, seven years that I've been kind of devoted to stem cell therapy. Interesting. And, and uh, what drew you to stem cell? And was it something that you tried yourself or did you just start learning about it? And you're like, oh, this is just an area that I really want to specialize in. Yeah, the first time I heard about it actually being used on a person was uh, meeting this doctor on a bus. Um, he told me about using stem cell treatment, umbilical cord stem cells for this kid with autism. And um, my, <laughs> my question was, what, you can actually use it to treat people? Because in my little bubble, which most doctors are in their own respective bubbles, yeah. um, you will have no chance of knowing what's going on outside of your bubble, bubble because you're, you're just, you're so focused on, on treating the patients, going to conferences that are hosted by the same people that um, are basically supplying the drugs that you're giving patients. So you're just in this loop. So you never have a chance of getting out. So there was no reason for me to know anything about stem cells until I meet this doctor. And, um, and he showed me the behavioral improvements that the teachers observed in this child. Um, all the things that psychiatry had not been able to accomplish. Mm. The psychiatrist may be able to accomplish 2% of what this doctor was able to accomplish with one IV infusion. And he's not even a psychiatrist. I mean, he just, you know, he, he's an anesthesiologist. Mm -hmm. So he just gave the cells and there, you know, there's, you know, you see the kid improve and flourish. So that was very mind opening and, you know, getting to know the fact that you can do stem cell therapy as a tissue transplant in this country. So it's not considered a drug, it's considered a transplantation. So just like blood transfusions and organ transplantations, you can, as a doctor, you can give this transplant to another human and then, um, and then observe the benefits. So it's, it's not just autism, of course, um, muscular skeletal problems is one of the most commonly used areas. But if you look at research, there's research on conditions from head to toe, you know, literally from your hair, hair on your head to eyes, ears, um, you know, autoimmune conditions, lung, liver, kidneys, and, um, and, 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 and yeah, you know, reproductive organs. So the, 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 the results are what's really exciting. You know, in theory, it's fascinating because we're utilizing intelligence that made us 
And then how can you tap into that kind of intelligence? But it's really the practical use that made it so exciting. Yeah, it, it sounds like a growing field. It, how would you define like stem cell therapy? What, what would be if someone just never even heard about it? What would be a definition of it? So if you look at um, how our bodies survive and how it lifts through time, it's really requiring um, replenishment of, of, um, of cells that may be damaged, right? If you living is damaging, so you're always going to injure something and there's oxidative damage just by breathing, you're causing damage. But, um, if you can replace what has been, you know, dysfunctional, and then you're fresh new again, then you can continue life. So stem cell therapy is utilizing these cells that actually are there to replenish you. So as a stem, I mean, there's such a, you know, long convoluted history and science about stem cells because the quintessential, the most powerful stem cell is the fertilized egg. So that is the most powerful one. The more you, the cells divide and start to, to form the embryo, then the less powerful they are. They're all still stem cells until the end organ is formed. And then those are tissue specific stem cells, but everything before that they're stem cells. So in our body as an adult, we still have a lot, a lot of stem cells in us, even though they, they dwindle, you know, as we age, the, the level kind of um, goes down a cliff, um, but we still have them to replenish us. Um, so the key is to get those kind of cells out. Um, you can get it from your own body. You know, the most common source are bone marrow and fat, or you can get it from younger sources like the umbilical cord. So uh, just remember umbilical cord stem cells is not embryonic stem cells. These are completely different in embryological terms. Umbilical cord stem cells are considered adult stem cells because they are in adult. So fully formed human, that's an adult in, in the embryological, you know, concept, but the, the embryonic stem cells is only from day five to seven, um, of an embryo. There's a, a ball is formed and inside the, the ball, there are some cells and you can take one of those cells out and they have, you know, very vast potentials. So those are embryonic stem cells. So the umbilical core stem cells is what can be used as well. And they're very young sources, of course, is from day zero old baby. Um, but umbilical cord stem cells actually are younger than the baby's stem cells because the cells were trapped when the embryo was forming. So they're kind of in between embryonic stem cells and, and adult stem cells. So anyhow, so you can get the cells from different sources. And once you extract them out, and of course, you have to make sure that they are the stem cells, you know, there are certain surface markers that you will allow you to, to de decide whether or not they're stem cells. And once you get them out, um, you can put them into, you know, lots of places that you need regenerations for, um, you know, most common places are, are intravenous infusions or intramuscular, you know, kind of, uh, injection, or you can inject into joint space and soft tissue, um, and, um, you know, face and hair and there's sexual organ injections. Um, so, so that's the transplantation part. So the people doing the stem cell therapy, are these just everyday people or what are the most common people that you see, uh, that are using this as a, as a method of you know, sort of re rejuvenating themselves or. 
Yeah, so there are probably two main types of patients. Um, one type are the anti-aging crowd, the biohackers, mm -hmm. uh, the people who have taken pretty good care of their body and really want to optimize their performance and the, you know, just the quality of their lives. Um, so they want to do it as a preventative uh, measure, preventing against dec decline and preventing against diseases. So, um, so, so are they using, are I'm sorry to interrupt you. Are they using, when you do a therapy on someone for like anti-aging are using their own stem cells? And that would be very you, difficult. Yeah. Uh, I, I would think you will have to use younger sources okay. uh, instead of using your own, because once you extract cells from your own body, not only your own body cells, it's your exact age, um, which is not as powerful and as um, actually as safe. We can talk about that later as the earlier stem cells like embryonic, um, I mean, umbilical cord stem cells. Uh, but also once you take them out of the body and you're putting them back in, um, there's an attrition rate. So there's the, the, there'll be cells that are lost. Um, just anytime you activate cells, you take them out of the body, it's traumatic for them. And then you put them back in, some will die. So, so in that sense, you just depleted, you know, you just reduce your own stem cell supply if you use your own for anti-aging purposes. Okay. But you don't have to have that kind of loss when you use younger um, cells like the umbilical core cells. Um, so, so that's the, the first population. Um, the second population are people who have various illnesses, who are struggling, who have often done everything they could with the conventional medical route, and they, they haven't had adequate relief. So these are people who have all kinds of, let's say, autoimmune diseases, lupus, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and, you know, psoriasis, Hashimoto's, um, you know, people who have different organ diseases um, and like autism or neurological conditions like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. Mm -hmm. So really just pretty much the whole gamut of medical illnesses. And, um, and the treatment that, you know, is more costly, is not exorbitant, um, but it is costly. Um, but a lot of people, I, I think they could see that if they could spend some money and gain back quality of life, rather than staying in the traditional rut and not really going anywhere, yes, the insurance is paying for everything, but you're not improving. So how much is your life worth? So that's, that's the question a lot of people are facing. And many people who come to me or other doctors who are doing stem cell treatments, um, they decided that, you know, they, they think it's worthwhile. So that's, that's, those are the two populations. And for someone using it for, like you said, maybe like autoimmune disease or something, is this therapy that has to, is ongoing, right? Like, is this like once a week, once a month? And it, I'm assuming it's not covered by insurance out of pocket. Not yet. Yeah. Um, unless somebody has some extraordinary experience, uh, insurance, uh, once in a while, I think some, you know, people who are very wealthy, they have some, um, some incredible health insurance, mm -hmm. they may cover, but almost, yeah, 99.9% of the time is not covered. Um, so the regimen really de depends on uh, how, how well the person is responding. But as a rule of thumb, I would say if you, somebody has a severe health illness, a chronic condition, we probably would expect three treatments in the course of six months. So 
maybe every one to two months, you do another treatment. Um, it's, it's not that I have not had people who do extraordinarily well with one treatment, um, but I, I don't want to give people the false hope that that's going to be the same for everybody. Right. Um, I want people to be realistic. If, if I give you one treatment and you're fully recovered, that's amazing. Great. So let's now just, you know, try to prevent you against aging, right? That's the anti-aging protocol part. But, um, you know, then we, we got out of disease, um, you know, realm. But, um, but just like medications, right, there's a dose, there's interval, you want to take it for a certain amount of time, you don't expect to take a f- whole bottle of a medication mm-hmm. all at once thinking that's going to cure everything because the, the body has a rhythm of its own right? There's a daily, there's, you know, there's a living, you know, this living organism that you don't expect one dose, big dose of something to cure everything. You, you do need a regimen. So um, I would say, you know, three will be um, my, you know, general, gen- general suggestion for patients. And then once they're stable, then they can do it maybe, you know, depending on how well they're taking care of themselves. I always ask people, what made you sick in the first place? So why did you get sick? Let's say lupus. Why, why did you get lupus? Let's figure out why, you know, was it toxicity? Was it, you know, some kind of, uh, um, you know, nutrient deficiency? What, you know, was it hormonal imbalance? It, it, are all these things playing a part in why you went downhill uh, to the point of diagnosis? So if we can address all those pieces, then we can keep you stay well longer, right? We remove the causes of the disease. I can help you, you know, repair your body. But if you don't remove all the causes, then those things are still there and they're going to try to bring you back into the disease state. So this is why holistic evaluation is so important. Um, So that's what I'm trying to do in the clinic is to uh, get certain laboratory tests for patients and then use other um, adjuncts you know, therapies to amplify the, the results. Um, yeah. So, so it's really about how much we can do to address root causes. And for the anti-aging side, what, what are people mainly using it for? Is it like building muscle or what is like the average age of the person that you see, that's just like sort of a biohacker and anti-aging and wanting to just increase performance and, you know, maybe look better. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, average age, I'll say, um, well, usually it's between forties to 70, you know, that's probably the range of, as far as, as far as biohackers, but for anti-aging, you know, I have people who are in their eighties who are doing anti-aging, you know, treatments. Mm-hmm. And they're feeling fantastic, right? A ton of energy, um, mental acuity, um, sense of well-being, and hmm. you know, stamina, and just you know your um, your your ability to perform physically, and of course sexually as well. So all these are part of the the anti-aging you know picture, you know, looking younger, feeling younger, and have the strength, have the um, you know, the energy and, um, and having the, the, you know, the, the mental capacity. So someone in their eighties, um, have you had some patients in their eighties come to you? Yeah. 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 And, Actually, and, and, and like, what's just give maybe one story of someone that's come to you and, and what, what sort of, um, happened from there. 
Yeah. So this one doctor, actually, he's a maxillofacial surgeon. Actually, you can see him in one of my um, uh, YouTube videos. Um, I think it's about CUTV, um, okay. kind of featuring my work. So, um, so this doctor actually came on and, and talked about his story. Um, so he is very active. He's still performing surgeries. He's going to Brazil three times a year to teach other doctors how to do maxillofacial surgery and, you know, tons of energy. So um, definitely, I, I think it's the, the energy level, the sense of well-being and, and just uh, maintaining vitality. So I think he started when he was um, late 70s, 78, 79, somewhere there. Yeah, he's still, this is four or five years later, he's still, you know, doing it at least every I think he's doing every four months. Yeah. So my patients for anti-aging regimen usually do it between every three to six months. So every three months. So basically twice a year, three times, four times. Um, those are the most common regimens. Okay. And what, just to have a ball, is there like a ballpark or what, like something like, let's just say you do it three times, four times a year. Like what, what, is, what would that cost someone? I'm just curious. Um, is based on the person's weight and age and health condition. So in general, it will um, run between um, $8,500 to $15,000 per treatment. Per treatment. So that's okay. the general rule of thumb. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, okay. I, I think for what people get is well worth it you know, for the kind of anti-aging benefits. I always tell people, you know, throughout human history, you can be the most powerful king or queen. Um, if they do portraits, <laughs> you will see that they are aging and declining and they probably have tried everything, you know, all the alchemy, you know, everything you can, you can, you can find, but they don't have, they don't have the tools pools. So, so they're all aging and then dying, but now this is the first time in history that we can really extend the length of youth. Um, and it, it's pretty exciting. And the and, goal, of stem, uh, I'm sorry. And the goal of stem cell is to improve just the quality of your life. I, you're not professing that it's going to necessarily extend life. Um, research or, has shown that it, it can extend life. Of course, you know, we don't have time yet to decide on the, the, how it's gonna affect human longevity. But in laboratory animals, in rats and mice, the results has been pretty consistent. It's about 30% uh, extension of lifespan. So not just lifespan, but also health span. So the rats can live a very long time and for the vast majority of the time that they're living, they are looking great and moving great you know, they're, they're thinking great, you know, mm -hmm. as far as running maces. So, so they're able to see that, um, that this anti-aging benefits, uh, you know, goes toward, um, you know, and, and it's not just the, the lifespan they, they um, and observing how they're looking, they actually looked at different growth factors from their brain, from their muscles, you know, the, the, the um, um, different aging markers, everything was reverted back to the younger state. So they have objective evidence that that things have, you know, this reversal of aging effect. And is this something as far as the therapy, how long does it take? And like, how, like, is this, um, yeah, I guess, how does that work? What's the therapy like? 
So most of the treatments I'm providing um, is through intravenous injections. And that, um, because I do a whole, um, a, a combination of things, including ozone therapy right before stem cell treatments. Um, so everything together is about two hours. Okay. So two hours. Um, and have you done it on yourself? Many, many times. <laughs> so as soon as I found out what these cells can do, I just, I was like, I can't wait. I, I need, I need these cells in my body. Um, so that was some six and a half years ago. So that's when I started to do a stem cell therapy on myself every three months without fail. So sometimes I add an extra one, but, uh, but generally, <laughs> yeah, if I hurt myself, you know, that's, and, um, or, um, right when I found out that COVID was coming to America, no. <laughs> that's when I, when I just try to boost everything up. Um, but, um, in general, once every three months and, um, um, that has been, um, you know, yeah, you look great. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, what would you I, say the biggest benefits you found? I mean, you're a healthy, I don't know how old you are, but you, you know, you're a healthy thriving individual. And what would you say, you know, it might be subtle, maybe, I don't know, but what would yeah. you say the, the benefits? This is a fun exercise for your listeners. Yeah. I came to, to this country in 1992. So if people want to play with math in 1992. So, and I came this, to this country after finishing two years of college. So guess my age. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so anyhow, wow. so the benefits, okay. <laughs> the benefits that I have noticed, um, yeah, definitely. Um, actually, I think other people have noticed more than I did. But what I did notice was that I have become very embarrassed when Facebook tries to tell me happy anniversary and is showing me a picture of six, seven years ago. And most people are going to be excited. Look at this me, you know, six, seven years ago, because they were younger. But to me, I actually looked older. Mm -hmm. So that's when I'm just, I'm constantly embarrassed when, when Facebook is reminding me um, that I've seen and people have observed. Actually, people have commented because um, I started doing YouTube videos um, probably six, seven years ago when I first started. And I've been told by multiple patients who have seen my videos said, well, yep. Yeah, you know, you've gotten younger, you know, as time went on, you're, you, it shows in your videos. So that was really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so you would say for yourself, um, like you could tell, like almost in your face and like, would you say there's energy there or would you say, um, what would be the biggest thing you found from using it? You've said for the last, what, six, seven years. Um, I think just general maintenance of good health. I think that's probably um, the biggest part because, um, and I think it reflects on your face because I think the face is nothing but a reflection of your interior state. So if you see your skin as wrinkling, then all your organs are wrinkly, wrinkling and declining. So the skin is the window of everything that's inside of you. Um, so uh, you know, definitely, you know, maintenance of energy and well-being, because, you know, I've worked very, very hard in my life. And I've done two overnight calls um, every week for 11 years. 
So before I went into the anti-aging field, so in the sense I abused my body, right? So there, there's a decline from the abuse. So I'm sure stem cells ha has helped me to repair a lot of the damages that I've done to myself. Um, that's why I'm able to look younger. And I think that's going to be reflected, um, you know, in all my organs inside. Yeah. And of course I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm very, I'm very healthy and, and very, um, yeah, I, I've, I'm, you know, have a lot of energy and as you can, you know, I, I've done a lot because I just, I'm very driven. Um, so, and everything, I guess this human body machine has been running very well. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> Do you do any other tests on yourself or on individuals, maybe like blood work or things just to monitor? Um, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. So as part of the treatment, um, if a person, person has not had a good um, workup from a functional medicine or integrative medicine doctor, then I will offer to do laboratory tests. And we would, you know, a few main areas is, is vascular status, right? are there vascular inflammation, which can be illustrated by their cholesterol levels and their inflammation markers, but also, um, you know, their blood sugar status. So that is a huge component of reducing inflammation is to make sure their blood sugar is under great control and, um, and check their thyroid hormones and their male female hormones and certain vitamins and minerals. So these are the things that, um, that I offer to, to optimize um, there, there are a lot more can be done, um, which, you know, I, I, you know, if, if it requires more extensive tests, then I probably want the person to see a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine doctor to, to do more specific tests. Um, but I, I think from the range of tests that I'm testing, I'm able to take care of 80% of the problem. Some people may have much more, uh, you know, special, you know, needs for a certain test, but yeah, but that's the range I, uh, I provide. Okay. And what other, like, have you been seeing a lot of stem cell practices popping up? I mean, you're in LA, so that you're probably in the perfect spot for, for this, but like all over the country or the world, is this, do you, do you find it's been growing? You know, I, I hear, you know, that's the thing. I, I, I certainly sense the interest. There are doctors who are coming to me wanting to do stem cell practice and wanting me to teach them. Um, and, um, but, but ironically, a lot of people don't know that you can actually get stem cell treatment in, in the U S yeah. so there has definitely been a time where a lot of people, you know, doctors who are doing stem cells, they got scared. Um, they decided not to do it because the FDA, um, set something about, if you want to do this, you better be under clinical study. And so that scared a lot of doctors and they just, they just don't, um, you know, a lot of doctors are very risk averse, so they're scared easily. Um, there are doctors who are more adventurous, who believes in scientific evidence, believes in doing whatever that's the best for patients with the least amount of harm. If they see a therapy as being very helpful, uh, and very safe, they will do it. It doesn't matter what the political, um, you know, or regulatory environment is. So, so those are the doctors, you know, and these are always the kind of doctors who are pushing medicine forward. And if you look at our medical history, you know, from the early 1900s, it's always doctors like this 
that are advancing the field of medicine. So I have tremendous respect for doctors who are sticking in there because they believe that they're doing the right thing. So, um, and, and back to your question about whether or not there are a lot of clinics popping up, I do see more interest. And funny enough, a lot of the interest came from being pushed by patients because I, I hear quite a few doctors coming to me, not because they themselves found out about stem cell therapy and got really excited. It's because they've got patients who said, I want to do stem cell therapy. Can you give it to me? Mm-hmm. And they have no idea how. Um, they've right. got interest. So they said, well, I already have, you know, I've got quite a few patients asking me. So I think I want to learn how to do this. Um, that's why I say stem cell therapy, like integrated medicine and functional medicine is a grassroots movement. It's the people who are fed up with the state they're in with the lack of true help for their health, that they are seeking more and they're pushing the doctors. So that's why it's not, it's not going to go, go away. It's only going to keep growing. Is there anyone that shouldn't do stem cell therapy? Shouldn't? Um, it depends on what kind of stem cells you're using. So when I first started in the stem cell field, um, I turned people away when they've had, either they have active cancer or have a history of cancer in the last five years. Um, The more research I read, the more it shows that cancer promoting properties mostly come from cells that are from an adult person, you know, from the same person. Um, A lot of times people who are using their own stem cells, you know, of course, you know, they, they are at whatever age they're at. And the stem cells are the same age, the stem cells decline with them. Mm -hmm. And not only they decline in their capabilities to help your body heal, you know, to calm the inflammation and modulate your immune system. They're also declining in their ability to recognize cancer. So that's a scary part. Um, You know, as a stem cell that somehow they believe um, I need to tell everything to grow. You know, my job is to secrete all these growth factors and signals to tell everything to grow. So whoops, there's cancer cell. Well, I forgot, you know, I I forgot how to recognize cancer cells. So I'm going to tell that to grow as well. So a lot of the reports came from these sources of cells. But if you look at younger source, like umbilical cord stem cells, the overwhelming evidence is anti-cancer. Actually, it's being used for as a cancer therapy. So against um, active cancer, Um, you know, very, um, elegant experiment was using fat derived stem cells versus umbilical core stem cells. And they put them next to this brain tumor glioblastoma. So they either put the the stem cells and the tumor in a Petri dish or on a live animal's body. In both cases, the tumor that's next to fat derived stem cells from an adult person, right? They continue to grow, but if it's next to the umbilical cord derived stem cell, the tumor shrink and go away. So there's vast difference between these cells. So when people say, oh, I do stem cells, as if, you know, first of all, there's many kinds of stem cells. Uh, mesenchymal stem cells, probably the most famous and the most talked about these days. But even if they're all called MSCs, mesenchymal stem cells, depending on where you get them, they can be drastically different. 
So there's a lot of nuances. This is why, you know, I've been presenting at different conferences on this subject, just so that doctors understand that there are a lot of differences between these different types of cells and be very careful in what you put into a patient's body. And where do you get the stem cells to put in individuals' bodies? Do, like, do people donate? Or... Yeah, yeah. So of course, if you use your own body, then you know that's one story. But for what I do, which I believe is a superior source, um, these are from donated birth tissue. So that's the placenta and umbilical cord. They come in one package. Um, basically, the story is when a mother is about to give birth, if they are choosing to do elective, uh, elective C-section. So we only take tissue from C-section, uh, elective, you know, not emergency. Mm -hmm. So elective C-section, because the, the field of, of where you're getting the tissue, it's completely sterile, right? So you're avoiding introducing contamination through the vaginal canal. And the mother is asked if they want to save the cord for their own baby for future. And 90% would say no, because it does cost a few thousand dollars to do that. So if they say no, then they're asked, would you uh, be willing to donate? And, and if they say yes, then they're asked to fill out this questionnaire that's very extensive. I ask them, you know, everything about their life, you know, basically anything that could potentially affect the court is asked of them. So their own, you know, their own health history, their family history, their work history, toxic exposure, travel history, sexual history, you know, their, um, and their um, prenatal history. So everything is asked. And the lab I work with only accept people of perfect answers. So we only want to accept, you know, women under age 30 and uh, elective C-section mm -hmm. and have a pristine history that there's nothing that's concerning as far as infectious diseases, inheritable diseases. So they're very, very healthy. And um, so even on the day of delivery, they have a slight fever that we're not going to accept. So we're just, we, we're not taking any chances. So that's um, a lot of procurement companies will be doing this job. So they, once the woman qualifies, you know, by the way, they can't bribe anybody to, to, to seduce them to, um, to donate because the cell or the, 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 you know, the selling of human tissue is illegal in the U S so you can't even give them a little gift as token because you know, you're, you know, right. that appearance. So there's no incentive for them to lie in order to have the tissue donated. So anyhow, um, once the, um, the tissue is obtained, so the tissue is obtained during the time of delivery and the pr procurement company will be right there um, waiting uh, for the baby. So once the baby comes out live, healthy, the cord is cut and the placenta and the local cord will be put in a saline bag and put on ice and then overnight shipped to hmm. the lab. Um, yeah, that's how the tissue is obtained. And is, is that like, is there a lot of demand for that or do, do you find you have plenty of like supply? There's plenty. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Um, I noticed uh, you talk about another type of therapy, uh, ketamine? ketamine. Ketamine. Okay. Uh, is that similar or, or what is that? The benefits it's of that? It's completely different. There's a whole uh, okay. other ball game. <laughs> um, so 
so I, I'm more certified in psychiatry, addiction and medicine, and anti-aging medicine, right? So that gives you a range of my interests. So I'm interested in the mind and the body. Um, so what where ketamine came in was when I realized the limitations of stem cell therapy, um, because I can make a person's body, you know, vibrant and healthy, but if they are, you know, having mental blocks, right. if they are, um, if the mind's not cooperating, it doesn't pretty much matter what you do as far right. as the other, they have obsessions, they have various anxiety, they have PTSD, they have maladaptive behavior. Um, just the, just the stem cells is not sufficient. And what ketamine can do is to bring a person to a whole different level of consciousness where you experience life and reality in a whole different way. And in that process, you're observing your own life, you're gaining certain kind of perspective and clarity, and you have a chance to rewire your brain. And that's what they've seen, mm. that it takes your brain to a different uh, type of brainwave. And in that state, um, you can even bypass trauma. So you, you literally rewire your, your brain circuitry. So that I found to be very you know, complementary to stem cell treatment because I want people to be, um, you know, well, not just in the physical body, but also in their mind and, 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 and wellness as a, as a full human being. Right. And then if you do do stem cell on an individual, do you, um, promote any like health style, health, healthy, like lifestyle practices that they should do alongside yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. So I have pre and post treatment recommendations. Um, I, I think, you know, of course, proper nutrition, that's absolute foundation, you know, stop eating junk and highly processed food and bad seed oils. Um, and, um, and, and, um, exercise, move your body. You know, act, that's going to activate a lot of, uh, health promoting genes and then detoxify. Um, if you can do some detox programs, great. The, one of the easiest thing to do is just, you know, infrared sauna. Um, it can help you a lot. But if you need more in depth, there are other detox programs. So, so these are the three, you know, the, the absolute three basic, you, you can add a lot more, you know, good sleep, you know, laughter. <laughs> so you can, you can keep adding on, uh, onto it. But, um, but I think these three are, are absolutely, you know, minimum. And I noticed you have skincare product. Uh, yes. <laughs> when did you develop that? Uh, about three years ago when I was frustrated about not finding a good product for my own skin. Um, I just couldn't believe how, you know, people could advertise all these, um, supposedly all natural products. And then you flip over. Um, there are a lot of components that are not really natural. And I was very concerned about the potential problems with, um, with toxicity, with, you know, from all kinds of synthetic ingredients. So that's when I just wanted to have the most um, nourishing and um, youth promoting formula, but also the safest. Um, so I developed a Chara Omni, and that's where I combined stem cells, different peptides, and then all these natural herbs, antioxidants, and prebiotics. Uh, all into one. So everything is natural. Even the preservative is natural. So that, that would just, uh, you know, just the thing I have, I just need to put all natural product on my face because I've 
you know, being in the anti-aging field, I've learned too much about the potential side effects and problems with all these synthetic products. So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, and I, I, I think people really appreciate that. And a lot of people have the same feelings as I do, that they don't want to put all these synthetic material on their face. I mean, skin is only the most absorbent organ of your, of your yeah, body. Your largest organ, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, what would you say the future of stem cell is? Where do you see it going? And um, um, yeah, wh- who do you think it, it helps? Uh, you know, I guess it's a broad question, but who would it help the most, you'd say? Um, and and uh, what do you think the future of it holds? I think the future is, is that it's going to be nothing special. It's going to be everywhere. It's going to be the most commonplace. It's going to be a no brainer. Um, people are going to take stem cell injections regularly to prevent themselves from declining. And they're going to um, do a stem cell injection right before they have to have a procedure surgery um, to, you know, accelerate their healing rate you know, from what I see at least twice or three times as fast. And uh, if they get sick, they're, you know, diagnosed with something, then use stem cells to help their bodies repair, you know, in conjunction, maybe with everything, a lot of other things. Um, So it's kind of like it can be used for anti-aging prophylaxis against infections of against um, just, you know, slow wound healing um, or, or actively fighting diseases. So, and I see it everywhere, you know, in all the U.S. military bases all around the world. I think there were what, 900 of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime a soldier, you know, gets hurt, you know, here, get some stem cells, you know, you're going to heal so much better. It's going to save the government so much money. But anyhow, it's just going to be everywhere. It's going to be no big deal. Um, we're going to get there. Um, we'll see how long it takes. <laughs> See, now I know, I know you're friends with Brad Kearns. Now I know why he looks so young. You know, he's, <laughs> he's been going to you. He's not telling anyone. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyways, uh, this was great, Dr. Kong. And where's the best place for people to find you? And I know you have a practice out in LA. Yeah. So the best place probably, I mean, I have a personal website, um, joykongmd.com or drjoykong.com. And um, uh, my clinic website is, um, my clinic is called Uplift with a Y. So, um, you know, people can reach us at info at upliftcenter.com or just reach me through my, my own, you know, personal website. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I, in the personal website, I talk about, you know, all the range of things I'm involved in, including my book and, and that's the fun part. So my book, I think, People are really going to have um, fun reading because it's has nothing to do with medicine. Yeah, <laughs> right. A, I know. It's just simply a good story. Yeah. And that's called The Tiger of Beijing. Yeah. Just Tiger of Beijing. That's. Um, when did you write uh, that? Well, I, I wrote that actually um, during medical school. And, um, but I stopped. I stopped it because part of the journey was very difficult. It was very upsetting. Um, I mean, that's, you know, otherwise, I guess it won't make a good story. You know, it it was difficult to live through. Um, But if you just have smooth sailing, you know, great undergrad, great, you know, medical school, who wants to read that, right? (laughs) So I went through terrible times, trials and tribulations, and then coming out surviving and thriving. So that's about, you know, how the survival was done. 
and and how to how to overcome and and the, you know the tenacity to you know to really seek life the way you want it um so that's what a story it's only about three years of my life of how i made it to the u.s um the first the first half of the book is was it based in china uh, starting with my visa rejection in beijing <laughs> in front of american embassy um, so that was my first uh, interaction with <laughs> with America was rejection, and then from there, what where do you go when you have no resources, no connections, no money, um, just nothing, just a desire, and how do you get to that country? And then once I got to the to this country in San Francisco, I encountered something that's very difficult for for anybody, um, and and of course for a young girl that have no families and nobody in in this country. Um, so that's that's what the story is about. So I think a lot of people, I think probably everybody's going to find it really interesting and helpful and resonate on some level. Outstanding. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to read that one. Um, it's called Tiger of Beijing. Um, well, this was great. This was great. All about anti-aging stem cell. And I will put links in the show notes for everybody to, to, to find you. Maybe next time I'm in California, I'll stop by. That's right. <laughs> Say hello. You with Brad. <laughs> oh, I can't keep up with him. He just, he's too, yeah, you know, you can't keep up with him. Although I have some years on him. So, you know, he's, what's Brad? 50 something, I think. Um, but anyways, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and dropping all this great knowledge. And we will look out for you um, as the stem cell specialist out there. So thank you so much. And uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's, it's a fun chat with you, Brian. Thanks for listening to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I understand there are millions of other podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to mine and I appreciate that. Check out the show notes at briangrin.com for everything that was mentioned in this episode. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend or family member that's looking to get their body back to what it once was. Thanks again and have a great day.